This podcast is sponsored by Dan's Hunting Gear. Located here locally in the hills of Sugar Creek, Ohio, right off of Route 93. Dan's is our go-to for all hunting needs, anything from clothing, game calls, trapping equipment, even the newest technology for our dogs. If you're going off the beaten path, you have to get to Dan's and get some of their briarproof gear. All of Dan's products are handmade by 40 local Amish seamstresses. Every piece is produced entirely by the same person, which allows for top-notch and quality. We at Triple T are always decked out in Dan's briarproof hunting gear. It is a must-have for all upland, waterfowl, and big game hunting. Dan's gear is perfectly suited for even the worst conditions. Dan's hunting gear always holds true. So, stop into Dan's hunting gear at Sugar Creek or go to danshuntinggear.com to find a dealer near you. Tell them we sent you. Um, hey guys, welcome back to Triple T Outdoors Podcast. My name's Tyler. I'm Tyson. I'm Tucker. Um, today we are joined by a very special guest. Um, his name is Tyler McKenzie. Tyler, go ahead and introduce yourself. What do you do? What, uh, what, what, what are we bringing you in here for? Uh, currently, I'm the Vice President of Combat Warrior Outdoors. Um, we're a veteran-owned nonprofit. Um, for veterans by veterans our main mission is veterans that struggle with post-traumatic stress tbi um that kind of thing uh, we take them on outdoor adventures to try to get them away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life and, yeah absolutely uh, everything that they just the, the things that uh, aren't going good for them in their everyday life you know get away from some of that have some camaraderie back with some other veterans and uh yeah just get away from their stresses and anxieties but we do any and every type of outdoor adventure from hiking, camping, canoeing, kayaking, hunting, fishing, anything that uh, we can get ideas for, we'll take veterans to do. So, Gotcha. Well, we're going to come back to Tyler. Um, I think we're going to recap our week real quick, get into the flow of things here on the Paul and the Show. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, roll into all Combat Warrior Outdoor stuff. Tyson, tell me about your week, bud. How's how's things been going? Uh, pretty good. Um, I didn't get to go hunt myself, but I did help uh, a friend of mine, which is also my neighbor, recover a deer and drag it out of the woods. Nice um, buck? Or? Just a button buck. He's just looking to put meat in the freezer for his family. Oh, you can't blame him there. Yep. By you, Tucker? Well, I went out and uh, did some duck hunting with Spencer. <clears throat> we... Uh, we were we were successful. We ended up killing a mallard. Uh, I see that, that picture. I mean that 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 duck looked really good. It was a stud. nice nice big duck. It was a stud Drake. Uh, I I had nothing to do with it. It come in worked as perfect. There was two of them. He jumped up a, a little bit earlier than my me, and he shot, and I shot my first shot, and my gun jammed up. And the duck was already already fallen by the time your I gun your Benelli drink. My Benelli oh, oh, man. <laughs> well, maybe you should oil that thing every once in a while. Yeah, I need to clean it. I need to yeah, clean that's it. probably what's happening. That yeah. are some junk shells. I don't know. 
Uh, as for me, I didn't get to do much. Um, I got stuck in the snow this week, stuck in the middle of Pennsylvania. Um, unbeknownst to everybody back home here in Ohio, there was a pretty significant snowstorm that went through eastern Pennsylvania, and I got stuck right in the middle of it. Um, so that kind of shot my whole week in the foot there. Um, but, yeah, got got home this weekend, did some – caught some birds, did some hunts with uh, – actually got to do the the duck hunt for combat warriors um i ran the whole hunt uh that was really awesome but uh but yeah um how many ducks did they shoot 40 we got 40 ducks, 40 ducks. yeah they were uh, outstanding shots too <laughs> they ordered some pheasants right correct yeah. yeah yeah they did pheasants and ducks I believe. yeah uh pheasants over dogs too which was really cool yeah. really cool to see that most guys when they come in, in big groups they're doing euro shoots right yeah. Yep. I guided them for the pheasant hunt and yeah. Tyler guided them for the duck hunt. I took that day off. I was I was doing real duck hunting. <laughs> oh what <laughs> Um so I I wanna get into this combat warriors outdoors and, and you in particular. How did you get involved in this? What's your story? Um honestly CWO started out uh, as an idea of a good buddy of mine, Jason Thornton. He's the president of, of CWO. He uh the name actually was CWO came from, he was a chief warrant officer when he was in the Marine Corps. So CWO, chief warrant officer, combat gotcha. warrior outdoors. That's where it all, where it all comes together. But uh, the way it started was just a conversation between friends. Uh, we were talking about what we could do, what we wanted to do to help out other vets and stuff like that. And uh, a conversation over a, a couple of drinks and CWO was kind of formed in that way. But uh the reason we chose the outdoors, I think, is because we both we both grew up outdoors. I've hunted and fished, hiked my whole life. Um, it was something that helped me coming out of the Marine Corps, you know, to be able to get away from my own hustle and bustle, my own anxieties and stresses. So we thought that it, it might be something good to be able to pass along to, to some of these other guys as well. Yeah, I would assume that, like, especially, I mean, I can't really say this, Marine Corps, you probably, you know, you're going pretty quick, especially the time frame that I'm assuming you retired now at the Marine Corps? Um, not retired, but I was, uh, I was in from 2006 and I got out in 2010. So you went in, in the heart of it. Yeah. So we, were, we had good stuff. Still yeah. going on for sure. <laughs> I've, I've, I, I have a friend of mine has, his name's Toby Bryant. He's, uh, he's actually a staff sergeant of the Marine Corps. He's showed me videos and stuff like that of things going on in, uh, in that area. And, and I could just imagine coming from, that situation to like the fast pace and, and everything. And then coming back to back home where you, you just, you want to go, go, go. And you just got to get back into slowing down normal civilian life. Absolutely. And, and obviously guys, as they get out, they all handle it differently. Some, some handle a lot better than others, but uh, yeah, the decompression periods and stuff coming out from military back to civilian world can, can be difficult. And that's, that's part of the reason we started this up to try to make that transition a little simpler for guys that that really need it. Yeah, how do you find people that like the find the veterans that it's, you help? It's honestly been difficult. We've we've struggled over the last couple of years to get veterans to go on some of these adventures, and um, which I mean I understand a lot of a lot of vets have pride and they don't want to just go on anything that they think is uh, maybe a free handout or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, but um, I could understand that too. Like, no, I'm not going to do that for free. You know, type right. Of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's understandable. So it's been difficult to get guys, but, um, we have an application process through that you can get to th through our Facebook page or our website, uh, combat warrior outdoors.com. 
and uh, it, it explains everything on there about what we do and the application process. Um, it's pretty simple. Fill out an application, and we have different options, different choices on the application sheet of some interests you might have as far as outdoor adventures, what you might be interested in doing, and we take those applications and we kind of separate them in different categories. And when we plan our events, we use those applications, and if we have enough guys to do a like a hunt somewhere or a hike or hey we got six guys that want to do a offshore fishing trip so that's what we we take those and we put that trip together contact those guys and and try to get everything scheduled so it meets up with everybody that has an application in for that event you know um where does the where does the funding come from this um, kind of stuff funding has mostly been word of mouth at this point we've advertised online and funding we get from um, donations from local VFWs, uh, some of the local clubs. We've got um, individuals that have donated over the last few years. We've run small raffles on guns. We've run raffles on paintings. We've had a lot of help from different small businesses around here. And um, actually, last, I want to say it was last summer, we had um, Jetsville Live helped us out a lot. Uh, with the help of, you know, Joey and Matt from Ed's Ranch helping getting us set up with uh, some different things with some live music up in New Philly. And we did a kind of, it was a veteran painting that was raffled off up there, and that, that raised a lot of good money for us. But everything's just, um, I mean, nothing's really set. We kind of, we go after our funding as much as we can, you know, advertise and you know get as many donations yeah. as we can however we can so yeah but we are 501c3 nonprofit. so any any businesses and stuff that do donate you know it's tax right off for them so that yeah. helps yeah um what is uh can you tell us some stories of maybe some trips and stuff that you have done or, yeah. i've seen a know, picture online of a bear tell oh, me yeah. about that yeah maine uh we just did maine back in september um it was a week-long hunt like we were i want to say we were we were in maine for the third week of their black bear season we went up and we spent five days um we took up let's say seven vets six or seven veterans all went up and yeah we spent five days in the north maine woods um quiet cabin by a river that's ideal for me i've enjoyed it it was just there's no sound. There's no car noise. There's it's just straight peace up there. It's awesome. How did you hunt them? Uh, hounds, the tree stand. We hunted the bears. We hunted out of either blind or tree stand over bait site, and I would say most of our shots were all 100 to 150 yards. Those bow kills or or not obvious, 150 yards. Okay, right. I see. I see. Um, I've been up there before and hunted them with a bow, okay. and their bow stands are about 20 to 35 yard shots. Okay. But uh, I think everybody took a, a gun uh, on this trip. That'd be pretty nerve-wracking, being that close to a bear. It can be. It can be, yeah. Especially but, with a uh, bow. Oh, I mean, tree yeah. stand, you feel a little bit more. Yeah. A little well, more you climb trees. Than, you know, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> ground blind, you know, you're sitting yeah, you pretty trained. close, and you got yeah. bear trails that are coming by the ground blind. It'd be a little yeah. nerve-wracking. But. Man, I couldn't imagine. That'd be no, an adventure, it, that's for sure. It, it was awesome. And... Um, that you were asking about adventures we've taken over the last three years we've taken 46 warriors on six outdoor adventures that's including the the last pheasant hunt we just did here that's awesome that's that's incredible 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it is a process to get things going. Everything takes a little bit of planning. So you know, we we only do so many events per year because with the funding process, then the planning process, we get as many as many events as in as we can. But it, there is a process to it. You might have already said this, but when when did you start this? Uh, 2019. It's okay. the end of 2019. We so started I mean, things. it's fairly new and it's yeah, it's absolutely. Going well. yeah. Absolutely. Our, our key right now is just we, we want to get more veterans. We want to get more veterans committing to wanting to go on adventures. Even if we don't have things planned yet, get applications in. And that way, when we do plan these events, we have a lot more guys to choose from. And not, not necessarily choose from. I don't want to use the words choose from like it's a, a picking game. But we have different guys in each category of an event that we we may put together whether it's six guys for fishing over here and, and seven guys for a golf trip over here you're saying you know it's I mean? basically just kind of what they want to do yeah absolutely gotcha. with with the application process we throw different options on there and it's kind of a hey circle what you would want to do the most and then you know we'll still contact you if we have other events and stuff and if if your applications are in but we try to get everybody on something that they would be comfortable and and uh wanting to go on you say that's all online like uh, yeah. you, you do that all process all online? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Application process, like I said, you can get to through either the Facebook page or, or the website. Nice. What's, uh, what kind of challenges you guys come in? Come in? I mean, I'm just thinking combat warriors. You're probably running into a lot of challenges with um, just dis- dis- disabilities and stuff like that. Um, if we do, you mean as far as like... Any physical disabilities yeah. that we come across, um, we that's all notated in the application process and everything, and we are fully capable of handling any of that. Um, if, if, if somebody has anything along those lines, whether it be a local event or even something like the bear hunt, for example, mm-hmm. like if we would have had anybody that, uh, that had any physical disabilities for the bear hunt, we have everything in place from... Um, off-road wheelchairs to handicap accessible blinds and stuff for for situations like that for guys to be able to hunt or you know i was just thinking i mean there would be so many challenges to overcome and it just yeah um so whenever you say this how'd you get into i mean i know you're just having a conversation what made you want to do outdoor stuff with um i think um like Jason and I were talking about it and um, like I was saying it was just something that helped us both as we were coming out you know we were we both grew up outdoorsy hunting fishing stuff like that and it was always a good release for both of us so it was an easy transition for us I mean my time when I was coming from being in back into the civilian world spending a lot of time in the outdoors was a really nice way for me to decompress so it was pretty easy to choose what kind of you know what kind of events we were planning on doing with the nonprofit, um being more geared towards the outdoors yeah i know for me personally i mean i have no idea what stress is in, in consideration for this but i know for me i mean my biggest stress reliever is just silent you know like you're saying just fishing was always been my fortress of solitude we'll call it that yeah Hunting, I haven't really found that. Um, hunting for me has been kind of stressful. Either I'm freezing cold or I've never done it before, and I don't know what I'm doing. So the reason I say that is 
if these guys have never done anything like this before, mm-hmm. how, how do you guys overcome those kind of challenges is uh, with education? One-on-one with them. Yeah. If it's, if it's guys that have never been through um, any of the events that, that if, if we're doing something they've never done and they want to do it, myself, Jason, Travis, any of the guy, any of our volunteers will go one-on-one with those guys and, uh, you know, be right there with them, whether it's a hunt, fish, whatever. Do you, do you supply the gun, the weapons, if they don't have, they have? Yeah, if they, if they don't have anything to use of their own or they don't bring something of their choice, we do have means to supply, yes. Okay. What's, uh, you said, okay, so you went some fishing trips, uh, bear hunting, pheasant hunting, duck hunting. Yeah. Uh, what, what's some other trips that you've done in the past? Uh, let's see, we've done the bear hunt, we've offshore fished. Uh, we took veterans on a golf trip down to North Carolina, Camp Lejeune. Um, are the majority of them out of state that you do, or uh, would you say? I would say right now it's more 75% have been in-state Ohio, and we've had about 25% from out of state. Um, we've taken some from Maryland, North Carolina, uh, Pennsylvania, but most most of the guys have been from Ohio so okay. far. Gotcha. Okay. As far as hunts, um, or as far as trips, are you, I guess, are you planning the trips around those veterans are you trying to get, uh, coordinate travel for those veterans we we coordinate all travel for them it, it doesn't matter um any veteran that does any trip with us pays absolute zero out of pocket it wow. doesn't matter if they're in north dakota you know we, we fly them in baggage everything's taken care of take them on a trip fly them back and you know every, everything's covered for all veterans whether it's travel or or anything and do me a favor, say it again, where they were, like if a local business listens to us or somebody who wants to do it, how, how can they find this cause? Um, I think we still have everything set up that you can donate through the webpage as well. Um, but if not, we're easily contactable through the website or Facebook page. If you're interested in donating, we are 501c3 nonprofit. So everything is a tax write-off for any company donations. Yeah, I'm just everything you're telling me. I'm just seeing dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. I mean, I couldn't. It, I couldn't it definitely. To any of that. It definitely takes uh, great people making, you know, donations to it, to, make, to make this help. Or, yeah, to help make this yeah. tick. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't think of a better cause to to give some money to. I mean, you can give things to world hunger, but you don't know where that money's going. You know that if you give money to this, that these guys are going to have a trip of a lifetime probably some of these guys have never gone offshore fishing or bear hunting or ne- would probably never have the opportunity to absolutely. without you guys absolutely um tell me a little bit about the offshore stuff because i i that's something i've always wanted to do let's do some offshore fishing what uh tell me a little bit about that trip it, it was honestly my first trip offshore fishing as well so it was an experience for me <laughs> you just load as, up on as, the dremamine as oh i did okay i did okay as as far as the um you know, motion and everything. Yeah. It was fun. We left out of, uh, I forget the name of the, where we were in North Carolina, but we, we went out and uh, we say we spent about six hours out on the water. Um, all the guys, I think we had eight guys on the boat, everybody fishing all at the same time. And it was nonstop, man. We were catching fish we're, nonstop. What, what kind yeah, of what fish kind of were you catching? Oh, we were catching a small grouper. Um, we caught a ton of sharks. Really? We were catching sharks. Yeah, there's some pictures on on the on the Facebook page of some sharks that we caught. Very big ones, or uh, not really, not really all like three, four footers, five footers. Probably just black tips, huh? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were. But uh, grouper, man, grouper fight. 
like crazy. Really? They're a blast. They were, it was I wanted really a great so time. Grouper get huge too. Don't and these were not big grouper. These were only, I don't know, 36 inches maybe. And they're just fighting like crazy. Jeez. What, what type of equipment are they using? I mean, I've never seen an offshore rig at all. So I'm just kind of guessing here. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not real knowledgeable <laughs> in the offshore rig. It just probably looks like uh, a big giant fishing pole. Huh? Yeah, basically. No, just, we were using, it was all, uh, it wasn't live bait. It was just all cut up you know different meat on a, a hook setup that they had and it was a kind of a dangle over the side you know jigging over the side kind mm-hmm. of fishing but we we're hammering them everybody was reeling mm-hmm. in something at any given time did you get to keep any yeah we took everything back and uh that that evening we ended up frying up a bunch of fish and stuff and french fries for all the guys and that's what we ate for dinner that night actually wow who, who processed your uh the guys that we did the um offshore charter with when we got back they they filleted everything for us got everything prepared and you know it was it was ready to cook by the time we got back to the house nice wow that's my favorite part of fishing hunting anything is eating <laughs> yeah you clearly you can tell by looking <laughs> at me <laughs> oh but yeah the uh so offshore fishing i've always wanted to get, go down to venice and uh we, I think I've said this a million times this podcast. <laughs> I want to go to Venice and I want to want a triple tail run. I want to go down there and catch some triple tail and then do some hog hunting. Have you thought about doing anything like that? There's some pretty cool hog hunts down down south. Stuff we're, like that. Uh, we're in the process of right now. We're looking at some different hog hunts in I want to say South Carolina, but we're looking at some hog hunts in Florida that piggyback with gator hunts. Right oh now. yeah. So that's one of the next adventures we're looking into. Is a a gator hunt in Florida. Oh, that was my next thing I was going to start talking to you about is what's, what's next. Future, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, as much as we can, honestly, it, it, as long as the funding's there, we're up for just about anything. What, uh, when, when these guys are filling out applications for, you know, to go on hunts, what, what is the, like the number one thing you're seeing? Um, they're probably just really looking for the com- camaraderie. Honestly, you know? yeah, a, a lot of that. But They're not looking for solo hunts. They're looking for groups. No, that's exactly what they want. Is uh, They may not come out and say it, but they want to be around some other guys and, yeah. and you know, hang out. Just I'll tell you what, when, when we were doing this, the, the amount of trash talk that was going on, <laughs> oh. It, oh, it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> it was so cool. And it's every trip we've been on. You know, you, you meet these guys, and, and six hours later, it's like you're – carrying on conversation like you've known them they're the instant best years. friends yeah absolutely they relate with each other and they, they've all been through the same stuff and only they know yeah absolutely i mean i don't know much about the stuff like that i mean like what these guys have gone through but all i know and all i can say is whenever i think about stuff like that i remember 22 a day i don't yeah. know tw- a lot of people don't know what 22 a day means 22 a day is a is basically a uh, initiative where 22 veterans take their own lives every single day. Uh, you can buy these little metal uh, wristbands that give money to that cause. Yeah, save 22, I believe, is one of the yeah, save 22. Um, so basically, yeah, the programs like this help veterans in, in a time of need, um, especially when they're seeking that kind of com- camaraderie. I can't even talk today. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, you go from this team atmosphere where you're literally relying on your brother. I mean, you're there for each other no matter what to you're back home and there's nothing that's not there anymore. So you're just looking for that again. And a lot of guys, it's hard for them to overcome that. Absolutely. And I do want to iterate the fact that 
even though we our focus is on veterans that you know struggle with PTS and TBI and post traumatic stress, um, we don't turn away any veterans. You know, we're we're willing to look at applications from any combat veteran. Combat veteran is, uh, I mean, if, if you've got combat deployment experience, that's what we like to see. But if your veteran is looking for camaraderie and are interested in any of our adventures, please apply. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't even know where I was going with that. I was going to say something. My friend, I forgot all about it, but, um, but yeah, the, the amount of things that, that we can, we can do, how could we help here at triple T? Uh, honestly, this podcast is probably helping the cause. Yeah. We're just trying to get word out there as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's, we've, we've advertised as much as we kind of can, you know, we put out letters through the, the VFWs and, and, um, Oh, Jason, Jason, it's nice. He's a veteran service officer for Tuscross County, so it helps. I knew I'd seen his face before. Yeah, it, it helps us to be able to get, uh, you know, word out to other veteran service offices, and they can help spread the word to veterans and stuff there, too. So, um, no, I, I, I think podcast will help, definitely, put put a little word out. and never never done anything like this, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. This we kind of we kind of just starting out. We're getting our our feet under us, and uh, we wanted to reach out and, and and start getting our name into the the community and start you know really hammering down some real causes. I mean, you kind of fit like a glove. Whenever I uh, Barry introduced mm-hmm. me to you, yep. Um, Barry used to be my boss, and coincidentally he fired me. <laughs> but we're still good friends. Um, but yeah, I went to school with Barry. Actually. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, but yeah, the. I, we just here we want to we want to get education out there about all things like uh, conservation, hunting, uh, fishing, wildlife, everything. Um, so that's pretty much why I wanted to bring you in here. Absolutely. Um, so I think we've pretty much gotten a lot of the uh, the combat warriors. Tell me about yourself and your personal life. I mean, you're I've everybody everybody I've talked to about you have said avid outdoorsman. Oh, absolutely. Um, what's what's I, I spend most of my time focusing on whitetail. That's my big chase. Kidney um, this year? Yeah, I killed a, a nice ten this year. Um, Jackson, my one boy, killed a nice hundred forty inch eight point this year. Wow! Wow! Um, still have still have one boy that I'm getting out try to try to get his buck for the year. But yeah, we've put uh, put a few in the freezer. We've got plenty of meat for the year now just waiting on shed season now <laughs> yeah. i mean deer, deer season never stops for me it's if you know i'm hunting from september to january hunting sheds from you know january february march food plots are starting in you know in the spring and it's just a never-ending cycle yeah yours are around the clocks kind of like Tucker, you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you own do you own a lot of, any property or i've got 40 acres that uh i manage on my own and then just a few different places that we hunt yeah, yeah. Do you ever go out and do uh, any public hunting? I would like to. If <sighs> I've been looking at a lot of land that's public, pretty close to us, and it just it kind of turns me away with the amount of trespassers and like people uh, just destroying the land. Oh yeah, it drives me nuts. I, I see it every every so often. I see it on Facebook somebody's like marking something up or building something on public land. It just drives me nuts right i haven't i've never uh 
I've never hunted too much on public land. I've turkey hunted a little bit of public land. That's why I'm, I'm thinking here. about turkey hunting next year. Um, but I've also never had the resources really, and I'm sure they're out there. I've just never done the research to see what all is public around here. And, and yeah, there's a there's a lot of good tools for finding public land. Um, the, the best one that's free, and uh, if you go to Musking and Watershed, mm-hmm. or you go to their website. They have interactive maps. You can find public land that you can hunt on. There's a lot of public land that you can be on, but you can't hunt on, which is kind of contradicting, but his was. What about you guys? You guys hunted public land at all? I used to rabbit hunt public land a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, it seems like uh, a lot of public land is kind of just left to grow up real thick and not, so it's good for rabbits because it's real thick. That makes sense. Um, I also though, once the, they don't really timber it. So once it gets so far along, it's, it's mature wood. So then it's not good for rabbit hunting, but, uh, yeah, I've rabbit hunted quite a bit, uh, on Wayne national forest. I've rabbit hunted a lot when I went to Hawking college, um, uh, which is public land. It's kind of on the way. Yeah. It was like, uh, I think there's 30,000 acres and it was all around where wow. I went to college. So I was all over that. I, I do the majority of my waterfowl hunting on public land. Uh, I do have a pond, but I just can't you you can't hunt all the time there. So yeah, yeah, drive around look for some ducks sitting on the water. Yep, local watersheds. I'll tell you what, every twice a week I drive past this place outside of Youngstown. It's called the Meander Reservoir. Mm-hmm. I see ducks on there all the time, and it makes me so mad because I'm driving by it and I can't go hunt them. It's actually where the city of Youngstown gets their water. Oh really? Yeah, that's. I didn't water, know that. All their water supply comes from the Meander Reservoir. Hmm. No hunting, no fishing. I know. No you can't hunt them at all. <laughs> oh, that's why there's a bunch of yeah. ducks there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't do, you do anything any, there. You do any duck hunting or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I I do. Um, not as not near as much obviously as I deer hunt, but uh, I got I've got a couple really good friends, uh, the Quillins and stuff. They do they do some waterfowl hunting. Have been inviting us along, and my cousin he invites me about every time he goes. Ben Diosi, he's a, another good outdoorsman around here. Yeah. I like to do some more and with the this cold front coming through looks like ducks are going to be dying man <laughs> it's going to get good here next weekend it's it's stuff's going to freeze up cold cold like yes. colder than we've seen in a while four yeah. degrees on friday yeah ponds are going to freeze up lakes are going to be open rivers going to be flowing ducks going to want water yeah it's going to get good <laughs> oh man i can just taste the duck tenders already <laughs> <laughs> and we just got uh some uh waiters today all three of us got oh yeah pair of waiters and you guys have probably heard at the beginning of this podcast we did a uh a little ad read for dan's hunting gear we we just uh just secured a sponsorship from from them um hooks up with some some waiters man yep so, can't wait to use them it's gonna, gonna make hunting and uh getting out there a lot easier and getting the decoys and going out and getting them no more of those that little uh Little barrel boat you got, bud. <laughs> Staying dry too, not wet. Um, so throughout the year, you're you're basically managing your property just for whitetail. Are you? Yeah, more or less. Um, I, I do what I can to get a little bit of turkeys in there. You know? Yeah. But uh, are you in? Are you located in Tusk? Yeah, I'm in you, Tusk. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna have to see a picture of them there. Right. <laughs> I have to put put it on our uh, Facebook. Yeah, page. we have to get it on the Facebook page. I know I got some pictures of the guys that did hunt on uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, what what did they hunt on on Friday? I wasn't there. 
Was it pheasants as, as well? No, I think they just come in. They just stayed, stayed the night. night. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just hunted the one. Gotcha. Friday, yep. Yeah, Saturday was was a lot of fun hanging out with those guys, and it was a lot of guys I met before, and I've talked to them a million times, like uh, Austin Lute. Jackson's eight point here. Oh wow, that's pretty big. We're gonna we're definitely gonna have to get that picture so we can post it on our Facebook page. Um, but yeah, um, what's what's coming up? We got Christmas coming up, right? Yeah. Yep. What am I thinking here? You, uh, Christmas already passed by the time it's over. Wow. Shut up. Is that your 10? That's the 10 there. How yeah. much do you think he scored? Uh, he nice. was actually not one of my better scoring deer. He was uh, 139 inches. He's pretty thick, though. But he is. He was, he was nice. Massive. He was massive. Yeah. Um, definitely a mature deer. But With a bow? With a bow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, let's hear that story. Let's. Oh man. Um, I mean, you're you're managing. You've probably seen this thing a hundred times before you actually see it underneath your stand, right? Yeah. This this one I've had since early season. Um, Tell me about your feeling when you see that in the camera from first time. Oh, when you get those good mature bucks on camera, <laughs> it's it. You know, it makes all your work come to fruition right yeah. there. Then you're like, all right, here we go. Now I got now something to go on. after, right? It gives you that little bit of adrenaline just to stay warm out there while you're well, out there. Absolutely, and it's you see you see all your work coming together, all the time that you're putting in, all the effort that you're putting in. I mean, that's that's the end game. Yeah, is right. to start start seeing these deer on camera and then pick the one you want and go after it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you name this one on camera before you? I didn't. This is the first year that I've had that I haven't named many of the deer. I mean, some of the deer that are there they have names from years past, but um, no, he he did not have a name. Was was he at the top of your uh, list of to shoot, or was he list. like number three? Or we got the hit list, 007 going after him. <laughs> Everybody's got a list at deer hunts. I did not have a list this year. No, my mature buck quality was down a little bit this year. I uh, had a very upsetting end to my season last year as my main target buck. I got an opportunity at in November. Um, made a poor shot which i'm still sick about to this day uh and never did find him he ended up surviving coming back but was nowhere to be seen at the beginning of of the season and early season no pictures and stuff so this this year was for me was more of a confidence building year yeah getting back out on the tree you know doing a lot of shooting making sure everything when it came time to shoot that deer was exactly how it was supposed to be. Yeah, we. I mean, we've talked about when not too long ago. You know, I hate to bring it up again, Tucker, but <laughs> it's still sore. Same, it's, it's same thing. Almost, I mean, you exhausted every single option possible Absolutely. to find this deer, I, and it just. I shot a deer also, and never found it. It's uh, I it it's the hardest thing you can do as a hunter. We're we're not out there. We're not about barbarians. I mean, yeah, we're good, not there good, just trying good, to club something with a stick. No, good hunters, they're, they're not. We're not barbarians. And uh, I mean, it's our mission to put the quickest, cleanest kill that we can on these animals. Yeah. And uh, when, when something like that does happen, the, the gut wrench and the heartache, it's real. I, I definitely lost some sleep over mine. I, I, I don't know if that's normal or not, but. You're sleeping? <laughs> a year ago, I'm still not sleeping. <laughs> How big was the deer that you, you you think? How many inches? Was he bigger than that one you just showed us? 
He's 175 plus. Yeah. Oh, nice. oh, man. Yeah, I would have been sleeping if it was. Yeah. Hey, mine wasn't that big that I stuck this year. Yeah, it's uh, it is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. So the one you did get, I mean, tell us that story. Um, yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong, absolutely happy with them. At the end of the day, I'm not all about what the score of that deer is. You know, it's for me, it's a lot about the hunt too, the experience, and and what all comes with it. And everything just came together perfectly on that one. It was uh, beginning of November. November third or fourth, can't remember the exact date. We started, it was it was decently warm. It wasn't uh, wasn't our typical rut this year with nice chilly weather, but uh, it was an evening sit. There was uh, not a ton of action, but you know threw off a little rattling sequence and a few grunts. And were you in a blind? Or I was in a uh, tree in a stand. stand. I was in a tree stand, and um, start hearing the crunching down behind me, and get turned around, get you know able to look enough and see him start to come up the hill and it was still undecided whether i was going to shoot him or not as he came but you know i've got my bow in my hand and undecided he says undecided <laughs> i would but then but every hunter has that moment like I, am i gonna kill this deer well, or am I, I not? I, i'd seen the deer in, in so many pictures and i studied the deer time and time again i knew exactly who it was coming up the hill and um boy he got like 40 yards out my knees just started knocking I just, I mean, just stand shaking. I'm like, all right, here we go. Adrenaline's pumping. And he, he, he ended up coming in, presented me with a 10-yard broadside shot. And I'm like, there's my confidence booster right there. Let's get get this bow hunting confidence back. And it was an opportunity I, I really didn't want to pass up and was able to put a put a nice shot on the deer. And, and uh, it was. It was a good confidence builder this season. Really brought my drive back to get back to managing again. And after – being pretty down on myself for the last, you know, year after hitting mm. that one. So is this one you're gonna get mounted or? Yeah, it's on it's on the wall already. European mount. Gotcha. Um, I've got a good good buddy that does European mounts and stuff. Cool. The, the deer head dude. So. Tell me about I, your son's your son's deer. I mean, was were you with him? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I haven't gotten many opportunities to take my boys out in the past for during the rut. Um, usually take a little bit of vacation from work to be able to hunt during the rut and stuff and killing that deer a little earlier in the rut gave me the opportunity to you know get them both out and the evening we were out on his you know I, I've never got to get them out when they're chasing and you know the different rut and activities going yeah. on so we we sat a blind um one evening where we knew that there had been tons of doe activity and uh it was a not gonna lie pretty boring sit yeah you know, we're out there <laughs> The whole evening, we had one doe come in, no bucks behind her, and probably had 40 minutes of daylight left, and I could start hearing some crashing down over the hill, so I start hearing the grunting and stuff a little bit, and I'm like, hey, you might want to get up and get ready, because, you know, this time of year, things can happen Pretty really quick. quick. Yeah. And sure enough, look over out of the one blind window, and doe busts out into the field, probably 15 yards away, does some crazy jumps, 360, and back down into the woods she goes. And uh, Buck stayed up top. I can hear him grunting. I can just see tips of his tines through the through the CRP. And out he stepped. And Jackson asked me, "Is it a shooter?" I was like, "Look at it." And he's <laughs> like, "Okay." <You> know? <laughs> and uh, he he did not follow that doe. He ended up walking right in front of that blind, and he got a a nice shot on him at about seven yards. So that's pretty close. Yeah, it was a uh, it was an up close and personal shot. And talk about an experience for him because man, was he 
shaking. Yeah. Jacked. Breathing and shaking. It was awesome. Awesome. Definitely a hunt that I'll never forget. I was just about to say, I mean, that's got to be something. You don't, you're not going to get that every uh, My, my adrenaline gets going more with having the kids out now yeah. than it does for me, really. How far did it run? Do you have any problem tracking tracking both bucks? Forty yards. 40 Dude, yards he's over shaking his head. It was dead. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was dead pretty but, immediately. What about your buck? Uh, we, we it was a little bit of a, a track, not bad, um, which was a little confusing to me. It was a nice double lung shot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it ended up. He hold his breath for a while. About two hundred twenty yards. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Wow. Pretty far. Yeah. It was, no lungs. Did you surprise? Was it solid blood trail? You bring a hound. Oh yeah, it was. It was yeah. good blood trail all the way through. We had blood all the way to the deer. That's good. So I ended up, you know, we tracked for 150 yards and backed out just for the night because, like, yeah. Better be safe than safe. Yeah, no, no need to right. push. Yeah. No reason to push. So, Was it was it dead for a while? <laughs> Has it been dead for a while or what? what's? Uh... From where we stopped tracking, he was about 15 yards. Yeah, it's better so, yeah. be safe than sorry, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't much further, but definitely had good confidence in, in that one that, I actually got a little bit of sleep that night. So yeah. When we went back out in the morning, I was pretty confident that he was dead. So, Well, uh, you want to uh, tell me about – tell me your uh, how to find the Combat Warriors Outdoors again. All right. So on our Facebook page, let me make sure I give you this information correctly. The website, it's combatwarrioroutdoors.com. And you can access the application or see photos or anything about the page is, is on the website. But our Facebook page, I think it's just uh, what combat warriors. I, I, I think it's just at outdoors. Combat outdoors. Yeah, I think it's what it is. I'll, I'll find out for sure. And I'll put it in the description of this podcast. Okay. But um, I'll tell you what, man, I want to thank you a lot for coming out here today Absolutely. and uh, doing this podcast with us. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I know it was, it was, as soon as I got in contact with you and I found out that you're going to be a bullseye the next day, <laughs> I'm like, well, this is a match made in heaven, man. We got to get you out of here. And we got to talk about this. Um, and it, I mean, the cause, like I said, the cause is, is, is top of the list. This is exactly what we want to talk about. Couldn't be any better. Yeah. Um, you, any closing, any closing questions or anything like that? No, I think we're good. I just just appreciate you coming yeah. on and absolutely sharing everything absolutely. with us. Thank you for your service. Thank yeah. you guys. Yep. Well, guys, um, just want to thank you guys for listening. This is uh, Triple T's out Triple T Outdoors. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we actually have a giveaway going on right now. Um, we have some some Dan's apparel on, as a giveaway on there. All you gotta do is like, share, and follow our Facebook page, and uh, you're entered to, to win that. Um, yeah, give us a share, give us a follow. Uh, and as always, be a friend, tell a friend, and uh, we thank you. We'll hear from you next time. Thanks, guys.